Good day to all our listeners and welcome to the Temba Tandega Leadership Institute podcast, specialists in organizational behavior. In this podcast, we discuss leadership and staff engagement and how organizations can improve on both. It is simple economics. If leaders focus on staff engagement, their people stick around in their organization. If they stick around, they build better relationships with customers and provide a superior service. This leads to satisfied customers who become repeat customers and advocates for your business, which leads to exponential growth and profitability. If you want to increase profitability through staff engagement, stick around and listen to this podcast. We will focus on themes from Herman Duplessis' book titled Lead with Intent. Herman is the founder and director of TTLI. Links of where you can buy the book are available in the description area of this podcast. Good day, everybody, and welcome to uh, this episode of the Tema Tandeka Leadership Institute podcast, where we focus on the book, Lead with Intent. And today we are into chapter seven. The principle is integrity. The practice is accountability and feedback. And then the impact on your culture will be clarity and growth. So remember the context is to lead for engagement. And if we want to drive engagement as leaders, we really need to uh, drive this principle of integrity. So today with me, I have uh, Sizwe Kuzwayo. Uh, Sizwe is a good friend of mine for many years, but he's also a uh, non-executive uh, director at uh, the Tema Tundeka Leadership Institute. And it's an honor for us to have him on our uh, board as well. He's also the country manager, head of South Africa for a nul- multinational, international solar developer. <laughs> that sounds fancy, Caesar. It does sound fancy. It sounds fancy, it's, man. It's really not such as fancy an honor, as Such an honor <laughs> to have you with us. <laughs> well, um, let me say this about Caesar. I mean, I've known you for a long time, uh, since 2006, uh, and Caesar has had a remarkable trajectory in terms of your growth and your development since I've known you. And uh, it's just incredible what you've done. Uh, so it's uh, it's great to have you on board. I think, uh, you know, when I thought about who do I have this conversation with regarding integrity. And then you picked the wrong guy. <laughs> A lot of leaders shied away, <laughs> shied away from this one, you know. You know what they say uh, is um, leaders who are unquestionable end up doing questionable things and i think that's why leaders shy away from it because leaders don't like to be questioned uh, because they want to do things their way but i have seen so many times how those leaders who are not questionable end up doing questionable things Mm. and that's the challenge i think it's it's john acafe who said that in his talk Last year at the Global Leadership Summit on mm. soundtracks, mm. I think that's where that's where I heard it the first time. So, uh, in our research, uh, we we've seen uh, you know that integrity is paramount for driving engagement, um, and obviously we all have different ideas of integrity, as you've stated to me in the preparation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sizwe was uh, was changing my questions for me. <laughs> so not too much. Not too much. Mm. So Sizwe, thank you for making the time. Thank you no, for thank being you. here. Thank you. Good. Let's jump right into that. Uh, first question: What does integrity mean to you, and how do you see integrity? So, firstly, I must say that thanks for for inviting me to the podcast. I really didn't think this was the topic that we we're going to be talking about. I think it's a difficult topic. I think integrity is is difficult. It's important. It's popular. It's often misunderstood, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's challenging to explain. And I think part of the reason is because it's multi layered and multi faceted, and each of those layers can themselves be their own topic. You know, so we will try as much as possible to make it as clear as possible as we talk about it. So the question okay. to me is, what does it mean to me? Yes. So I'll, I'll answer it from yeah. my perspective. So my perspective, I see it as is really having two elements. I've seen a lot of definitions of integrity, and some of them are appealing to them. One of them uh, defines integrity as uh, consistency of character, and okay. I think therein are the two elements. The first element of it is this this idea of internal consistency, mm-hmm. this idea of, of narrowing the gap between the words and the deeds, you know, what people say and what they, what they do, if you like. Um, I think it's Brene Brown who defines it as choosing courage over comfort, you know. Mm. So, so the one element has to do with this idea of consistency as a person. The second element of it, in my view, is is having some sort of moral code or an ethical framework, you know. So you have to have the consistency, and then that has to be balanced by this moral code. Bonang Muhale says it's holding ourselves to a higher standard of or the highest possible standards of, of ethical behavior and not just the normal the lowest prescripts of the law, you know. Yeah. So it's about adherence to police, to principle on the one hand, but not too rigidly. <laughs> I want to add that part. <laughs> and, and, and for me, I'm, I'm thinking about it maybe from a particular code, maybe a religious code mm-hmm. of right and wrong. I'm trying to run away or stay away from right and wrong and maybe move towards good, you know. Yes. I, I see it more as the goodness over righteousness. If, okay. if, 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 you're, if you like. So you've got that consistency and then you've got the moral code that is guided by goodness. Effectively. Okay. It sounds warm and fuzzy, but that's, no, that's how it I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I think, um, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a big uh, Latin uh, speaker, <laughs> mm. Mm. But, but, I, but, but I've seen somewhere that the word integrity comes from a Latin word, integrere, I think is the word, mm. means to be integrated. So it actually means to be turned inside out. So what you see is, is who I am. I'm not hiding anything. Mm. Um, now, I mean, there can be a big debate on whether that's appropriate to always expose everything. But I think there's, there's that sense of consistency. Yeah. I'm not hiding anything. And my life is integrated. So what I say I do uh, and, and integrity is uh, is. I think that's a good way to understand it. And I think it, it ties in nicely with your idea of 
consistency. Mm. Now, there's something you mentioned in the book. Mm. I think you said it's your mom who said that. Which page? Yeah. <laughs> <I'm just checking. laughs> not sure, not sure. But you mentioned that she said we're all, we've got feet of clay. Clay, yeah. that's right. And I love that phrase, that mm. phrase. I think, I think in my case, maybe it's, it's just feet, knees, hips, and chest. I'm like a clay man. Yeah. So, and I think that's why a lot of people find it difficult to, to come and speak about integrity. I mean, I also had some convincing. You did not have a choice. You know, like, <laughs> do, how do you speak about this? You yeah. know? So not only is it difficult to define, but it's difficult to hold yourself up mm-hmm. to the standard of integrity. So it's constantly working on it. Yeah. I think if I think of our clients, the stories we always hear in our research when it comes to integrity is about consistency. Yeah. You know, this is a guy, you never have to wonder. He's always the same. He treats us the same. Um, you know, um, and, and, and I mean, uh, not treats us the same in terms of what we need to grow and develop. But, you know, there's a fairness, I think, that people see. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and I think that's good. That's yeah. good. And talking about clients, we've found in the few times that I've been with you on these strategy sessions mm. that integrity is one of the key values that most organizations want to put in their value statements. Always. You know, and if you review others, you see it. So it's interesting that it's something that is highly desired. Mm. And I think it's more directional in terms of where people want to get towards, as long as we're constantly striving towards yes. it, you know. So it's aspirational. It's, yes. Yeah. Much better word, yeah. 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 Well, that's a big word, eh? Aspirational. Not bad for an Afrikaans boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. you, 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 what's the word you used earlier? Opaque. And I was like, what's opaque? Yeah, I'm a Zulu boy. Yeah. Yeah. So and for like, me, English is like third, fourth, fifth language too. Yeah. So. So I meant like not, not clear. Not clear, opaque. Yeah. I never yeah. knew that word existed. Right, here's the second question. Why is integrity important to you as a person? Individually, why is it important to you? Okay. Um, I've already spoken about the feet of clay and body of clay and everything. Yeah. So that's the context, very yep. important. So for me, it's, you know, it's, it's having a personal code, a personal mission statement, if you like. And mine... Centers, centers around this idea of value add. Mm. That in everything that I do, I'd like to believe that I add value to processes. At the very least, I don't take away value. Now, if my, my objective is constantly to add value, you necessarily have to be internally consistent. Yeah. Necessarily have to narrow that gap between what you say and what you do and to be guided by some sort of, of moral code. And importantly, to try and, and do good as, as much as you can. So it's important to me because of that. Okay. Because it's something that I'm aspirational. Yes. I'm constantly aspiring towards. Okay, great. So um, the third question, Sizwe, is what is the ins- essential ingredient for integrity? So let's take one step back. When I, I read the book a few times myself, what I liked about it is that it's it's practical. You know, it talks about the principle and then it goes into the practice. Practices. I like the practical yeah. part of it. You discuss 
nine different principles, practices, and impacts on culture. We discussed them individually. And I think individually in the book, they're discussed for expediency and for ease of reference, not yes. because they're standalone. I think yeah. they're interrelated and interconnected. Absolutely. So there's, that's that element. So, that we bear that in mind. Okay. You you then saying what what is the essential ingredient? I think I might add a few okay. with your permission. So the it. one is the issue of of, of humility, mm. where where we think of humility as I think you mentioned it in the book as thinking of yourself less, mm. as opposed to thinking less of yourself. Uh, the second boundary for you to be able to deliver on all the promises that you make, which is important. Did I say second boundary? I meant mm. boundary. I meant yeah. second element. Yes, element. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So boundaries very important. Yes. Uh, I think it's Brene Brown who says boundaries are the, it's the distance or the point where I can love both you and myself. Yes. So boundaries very important. Mm. Um, character, character key. You know, and then finally I would add this idea of listening. Uh, something that I, I struggle with, but it's something that I'm constantly working on. You know, my daughter will tell you that uh, you're not listening. Yeah. I do all the right things, man. I make listening noises and everything, and she still tells mm. me I'm not listening. <laughs> yeah, but I think men learn to fake it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So those are the four things that I would say: humility, setting boundaries, character, and listening. Yeah, and, and boundaries protect us. You know, people must yes. never. Uh, underestimate the value of boundaries and if you've never lived with boundaries and suddenly you put those boundaries in place people are quite offended uh, but eventually they get used to it so I always encourage leaders just to stick to it you know mm. keep keep at it with those boundaries I think that's very important okay so a word that I use often in the book is character you've just mentioned yeah. that as one of the ingredients how is character related to integrity? Um, you've got in this particular one, you talk about integrity as the principle, accountability as the practice, and clarity as the impact on, yeah. on, on culture. Yeah. In my, in my little mind, I see the clearer connection or a narrower distance between accountability and, and, and clarity. I see a bigger gap, if you like, between integrity as a principle and accountability as a practice. You know, how does it leap from that to this? Yes. I think character is that connection. Okay. I think I really do. Um, so I see it as a bridge between the two. Coincidentally, the, the Greek word that is translated character, ethos, mm. is also translated ethics. Mm. So I see it as the second element of the definition of, of, of integrity. Okay. Um, even the example that you use in the book, uh, the first thing that you identified there is a failure of character. Yes. You know. So it's who you are when no one's looking. Correct, which is what Moody was, yeah. was saying. And so it's it's who you are at your core, if if you like, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's what character is. Now, when you talk about character, I can relate to that more easily to connect it to the principle of, okay. of integrity. Okay. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, that's just, yeah. So how do we then practice integrity? I mean, in the book, uh, I suggest accountability and feedback uh, as the practices for the leader to drive integrity. Mm. 
Earlier on, we spoke about this idea of boundaries and how they can be offensive. And I think sometimes it's because leaders set boundaries for their subordinates, their staff, the people they serve, at a different level than they set for themselves. Yeah, that's, a very, that's a common mistake I think a lot of leaders make. Yeah, and I think in sometimes that's why people would kind of rebel against it. So how does this relate to this issue of, of, um, of accountability? I think accountability has to start with me. You know, inside out process always starts with me. So first, holding myself accountable if I'm, I'm the leader, and then giving my team, I love that line in your book, uh, my team the permission to hold me accountable. Yes. So that's that's critical. That's the kind of boundaries that, that I think are, are conducive for for building character and for allowing people to perform at their peak. So it's that as first. Then we, we've spoken now about this issue of reprimand. I mean, every time you speak about accountability, even in the political and business arena, it's seen as a, as a negative thing, you know, mm-hmm. like accountability, you're going to be punished yeah. for something. So it, it's important for it not to be experienced like that, you know. Mm. So in my view, I seek accountability as the process by which we hold both of ourselves accountable. So I'm okay. accounted to, accountable to you, you are accountable to me, and it's mutually how we can then hold that line of, of, of accountability, if you like, that responsibility for, for each party. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, why, why is feedback so important in terms of integrity? And um, what does feedback provide? You know, in in the process, I think I mentioned a couple of things on on page one hundred four and one hundred five. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, but but what is the what? I mean, uh, we work in so many organisations where there's a big feedback problem, mm. um, and the reality is, if you work at the top of an organisation, you hear the least amount of truth, because everybody tells you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear. So that feedback uh, is, is, is very, very important. Going up to the decision makers and the strategy. So talk to me about that, the importance of feedback and, and what does it lead to? Okay. Coincidentally, I was just looking at a, a, the HBR, the Harvard Business, Business Review, Review right yeah. now, and they were saying that the most important skill for CEOs going forward is people skills. Yeah. Less so the technical skills. Okay. It's being able to lead in complex environments, working with different stakeholders, and pe- keeping people engaged and excited yeah. with their work in that complexity. And I think it's you who wrote somewhere that uh, in, in a world that's increasingly complex, mm. you cannot provide the certainty. Yep. You know, not as, anymore <laughs> as it used to be, but it's the clarity that can yes. be provided, right? Okay. Now, with with that complexity, sometimes sometimes it's not because sometimes events over get ahead of us, yep. and you are not able to plan properly in how you are going to be communicating things, and sometimes you are not clear yourself as a leader. So the humility part of it is is being honest also when you are not clear okay. about certain things. And then saying, you know, I don't know, with the view, of course, of making sure that you understand what is happening and coming back 
with 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 the necessary answer. The second element for me would be the issue of context. That context often matters, you know. Um, with this complexity that we are working with, often leaders find it challenging to tell the difference, maybe between secrecy on the one hand and confidentiality on the other. You know? mm. So what do I keep away? What do I not? When something happens and there's a crisis, normally the temptation is just to close in and not say anything. Yes. But the, the guide really would be not to be a secret. You know, um, I think we had a situation in South Africa a few years back. Pick and Pay, I think, had a, a breakout of something. I think some... Mm. I can't remember exactly what it was, but the CEO did so well. And what he did very well was constantly communicating. Yeah. You know, So secrecy to me would be this needless uh, hoarding yeah. of information. Because yeah. information is power. And yeah, it, it can is. be used or misused. Yep. So it's to make sure that you're providing that information uh, when, when necessary, and as much as is possible, especially in a crisis situation. Now, the issue of clarity for me is where you want to end up when you talk about the importance of, of feedback, right? Be clear about what the expectations are mm. when you are dealing with people. Exactly what is the expected outcome? What is it that the person needs in order for them to be able to deliver on what is required? They might not always know what they need, so you work with them and make sure that they've, they've got the necessary support. And then a clarity around the consequences for, yeah. for, not, for non-delivery. And I think oftentimes we start at the end with the consequences and then with the delivery and i think it's it's probably not not the best way of going about <laughs> it but it goes back to this idea of accountability so mm -hmm. it's it's me first as in being clear on what the, the the deliverable is the intention is and then going to the issue of clarity around what the consequences would be okay okay yeah and feedback provides that it provides that kind of clarity yeah. Um, I think sometimes the mistake people make is uh, feedback is something we do once a year with performance management reviews. So, I mean, you, you, you build a feedback profile for 12 months <laughs> mm. and then you wait before you tell people what's actually bugging you yeah. and how expectations are not met. Where feedback is an ongoing process. And I think some leaders are lazy because it's hard work. It is. It's hard work to engage in those constant conversations. And uh, I'd rather let things just slide, especially the behavioral issues. Mm. It's easy to bring up the results, but the behavioral issue, issues are sometimes the tough ones. Yeah, I was, I was watching one leadership talk by Marcus Buckingham. Yeah. And he was talking about high-performing teams. Yeah. And he was saying, first, you need to be very clear on what the expectations are. And then the consequences later. But he was saying on a regular basis, like even on a weekly basis, you then ask the two questions. What is it that you need to deliver this week? What do you need from me? Yes. And I think that second question, of <laughs> what do you need from me to help you do that, yes. is what makes it difficult. Because yep. the pressure is on the leader to be clear on what the intentions are and to constantly provide the support. Mm -hmm. To your point about this once a year reprimand ses session we call the, the appraisal yep. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our leaders have to move beyond that. If you want to drive engagement, 
you know, feedback needs to be a constant for people. It just helps with the blind spots because we don't see everything. Yeah. You know? It's just we, we're humans, you know, and we tell ourselves things we want to believe about ourselves, which are entirely untrue sometimes. <laughs> and, and you need people to tell you about that. So next question then obviously talking about feedback is how do we give and receive feedback? Two elements for me. Okay. Seems like there's a lot of twos there. Good. Keep it simple. <laughs> just, I want clarity. It's just me who's trying to make sense of this. So when giving feedback, I think it's about checking intentions. You know, yeah. it's it's not about dealing with a person. Sort this person out. So it's checking what is my intention. What is it that I want to achieve with this? And it has to be aligned with developing people, with serving people, and with. Uh, what the strategy is and the objectives of that particular organization. Okay. The second element of it is, is where I struggle a little bit, I said. It's the issue of listening. <laughs> <laughs> and I admire people who are very good listeners, you know, because listening is difficult, especially if you're going to be listening to understand and to make the other person feel heard, you know. Um, I was saying to you earlier on that I was taught that, you know, you don't interrupt, you make the listening noises and repeat what the person has said. Yeah. And I thought I got it down. But if the person does not feel heard, it kind of belies that entire entire point. Yep. Um, what I read recently is that the idea is to, is to listen with interests, with curiosity, ask clarifying questions, um, seek to understand what the person is saying before you are understood mm. or defensive. Um, and then finally to, to create that safe space for the person to be able to engage with you. So those are three elements that I read uh, recently. It's to clarify, to seek to understand, and then to create a safe space. It's difficult mm. to be doing that um, yeah, constantly, but that's, I think that's the call for, for leadership. That's what it means. Yeah, and it's difficult not to be defensive immediately. If you get feedback that's not nice to hear... Mm. Am I right? Yeah. It's not nice. <laughs> I don't enjoy that. We know it too clearly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hate, uh, you know, and uh, there have been a few occasions, mm. only a few, <laughs> when we left clients and they weren't entirely satisfied with the result of whatever it was we were doing, mm. whether it was consulting, strategy, True. coaching, training, whatever it was. You know, we, 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 we have made mistakes. And to get that feedback is uh, tough. Uh, but then... It's an opportunity. Yeah, it's an opportunity to, to pay attention, to listen, and to improve uh, is very important. The first keynote I did in an organization, a lady came to me afterwards and said, after every sentence, Herman, you repeat the words, you know. Oh, okay. So I just, I would say a sentence like, it's important to lead yourself, you know. <laughs> and I would just... I continue, I don't know why I did it, well, maybe it's an Afrikaans thing, because in Afrikaans we say, ye viet, mm. you know, so I think mm. I did the same. So were you aware of it? when you? Not at all, okay. but since that day I've been aware of it, and I still do it, even if you go and listen to some of the old podcasts, I use, I, I say, you know, I can't you wait know. to hear what I you say. Know. At the end of it. Exactly. You need to pay attention to those things because it becomes irritating and people stop listening to you. Mm. Now, ideally, in our business, we want people to listen to us. Yeah. So we need to pay attention to those things. 
So, why do we have these difficult conversations with people? I think those are tough men. Yeah. <laughs> They're tough. It, it provides clarity at the end of the day. Yeah. It provides clarity. Um, it clarifies where the boundaries are. And it, it really enhances the opportunity for us to constantly be getting that feedback. I mean, we were mentioning earlier on that if you're a leader, you want to give your people the permission to hold you accountable. Yes. And difficult conversations go both ways, you know. So so my daughter has gone and fallen into this uh, thing. I think she's worked it out now. It's like if she's going to have a tough conversation, she warns me kind of, hey, I want to talk to you about oh, okay. about something now. And I was like, it's, it's, th- it's that we need to talk. Kind of, <laughs> you know? And then we were able to then have the conversation. Because I think it puts me in a different frame of mind, a mind that is paying attention yes. to, to what is, is being said. So I always ask for forgiveness for her and say, look, just give me time to think about what you've said, mm-hmm. then I'll come back. Because, it's like you said, it's difficult to not get emotional sometimes. About we are emotional beings, so it's difficult not to take uh, things personally. But if if you give yourself the space to, you are then able to to look at that. So um, I think what what what's fascinating for me is in our research, leaders with integrity. They are open for feedback, but they are always prepared to go and have the difficult conversations with people. I think what drives people crazy nowadays is you see an issue in the team, you know your leader sees the issue, and they do nothing about it. They just let it slide. And it it just demotivates people. That's when they disengage. It's like, Mm. what's happening here? And as a leader, you care enough about people's growth and development to have the difficult conversations, to push the accountability, to give the feedback, and also to receive it, and to reward those who actually give you feedback you don't want to hear, to say thank you to them, to reward them in some way, because that's what you want. You, you know, that, that's when we all have clarity and we all can grow, uh, and I think that's needed uh, in so many teams that we work with. It's just for the leader to have the guts to have those What's the thing that Brené Brown says? Integrity is? It's a courage over comfort. There we go. Yeah. That's it. Now, there's a story that you tell that I like. Yeah. About feedback. You know, I can't remember who it is, and you tell it a lot better. About the guy who was hired as a CEO in a company that was failing, and yet he was getting all the good reports. Mm. That was that was the. It's actually the story of Ford, eh, with Ellen Mullally. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think we actually referenced that podcast uh, in the book. Mm. You know, he, he talks about how when he got to Ford, they were losing, I think, $2 billion a month. And they were one quarter away from bankruptcy. They didn't take a bailout, so they were trying to save the company. And all the reports he got from all his top execs were green. Everything's fine in the organization. So how do you lose $2 billion a month and everything's, everything's fine? fine yeah. Just green reports, no amber, no red reports saying we're in trouble. Everybody just submitting, and and that's what you get. You you know you, you you're in a room and nobody's talking the truth. And how do you make good decisions 
if you don't face reality. Um, you know, I'm working in an organization now. It's a religious organization. And, um, and you have to help people face reality mm. to say this is the issue. Uh, and people don't like that. They rather dance around it, rationalize it, try and explain it away. Difficult. I mean, what I liked about the story more is that when the first guy gave a report that was not good. That's right, yeah. How did Malili handle it? Yeah, so when the first guy came with a red report and it was a guy from Canada, they were struggling in one of their production plants, you know, trust the the Canadians to be honest, (laughs) you know, he stood up and he applauded, clapped Mm. his hands, you know, and he rewarded the guy in Mm. some way Mm. just to say thank you. And then obviously the next meeting, more red and amber reports and they could fix Ford, and they yes. did. Yes. And they did, but they had to face the reality. Absolutely. They had that to be truthful. That yeah. opportunity was taken. Yes. I mean, in the story that you tell in the book, um, of course, he goes through a number of emotions. Yes. The guy when you give him feedback, and yeah. one of them was, "But why didn't they tell me?" Yes, that's it. And the question, the answer was, "But you were you listening?" Remember <laughs> when we prepped for the podcast, we spoke about idiot compassion. Yes. Yes. And there's a lot of that, eh? Mm. Idiot compassion is when I care more about your feelings than actually telling you the truth so that you can grow. And leaders who have integrity, they care more about your growth than your feelings. And and they will tell you in a nice way what's wrong. Mm. So they do think about your feelings, but they care more about your growth and your development and for you to have some level of awareness of what the reality is in your life. Makes sense, eh? Absolutely. Okay, Cizwe. Indeed. I think that's enough for today. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. You did so well, I might just invite you for another <laughs> No, but thank you. I think I think discussing, like I did say that it's multi-layered, it's, it's a difficult con- topic to, to talk about. I mean, yeah. if we think about the conversation today, we spoke about so many of these values or, or even principles that on their own could be an entire conversation. Yes. And then bring them into how does this then connect to integrity? How does this translate in real life, day to day? How does it relate in, in, in the work environment? It's, it's a challenging thing. So, so for me, I see it as something that I'm constantly working towards, you know, and... And I think that's the key. You need to constantly work on it. Because I think if you, if it's out of sight, out of mind, yeah. you quickly slide, you know, away from integrity and good character. So it's something you have to be uh, focused on continually. And I think we've, we've given a lot of examples now that I think of it, uh, you know, personally and professionally, uh, how, it, how it plays out, integrity. There's a point that you make about the sorry not to delay this. Still got time. The, the point that you make about uh, what happens when a person's character is not oh, developed. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's the that's Henry Cloud. Eh? He's yeah. one of the top uh, performance coaches. Uh, this is actually in the book. Let me tell you, it's on page ninety nine. So the pitfalls of people who struggle with integrity and whose character is not well developed is number one, hitting a performance ceiling that is much lower than your aptitude. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't want to use a sports example, but I'm going to Jabu Pule. 
You remember the yes. talent he had, the potential yeah. he had. Okay. Number two, hitting an obstacle or situation that derails you. So it's smooth sailing. As soon as there's some obstacle, you don't have the integrity and the character to deal with it, and it totally derails you. And then lastly, reaching great success, and then you self-destruct just to lose it all because you don't have the integrity to deal with all the freedom that comes with success. Yeah. And you make the point here that leaders must invest in integrity to strengthen their character. That's it. I, I, I don't know if it is character first or integrity second, or but Chicken there's, egg. there's yes, that's, <laughs> that relationship, you know, yeah. constantly checking what you're, what you're made of. Yeah. You know, what's Absolutely. Your made of. yeah. Absolutely. But thank you for, for the time. I no, thank it. you. Thanks, Siswe. Appreciate your time. And thanks, guys, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Temba Tendega Leadership Institute podcast, specialists in organizational behavior. In this podcast, we discuss leadership and staff engagement and how organizations can improve on board. If you need more information to assist you with staff engagement and leadership, please visit our website at www.ttli.co.za or email us at office at ttli.co.za. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Would you like to stand a chance to win a copy of Herman's book titled Lead with Intent? Then please share and like this podcast on your social media platforms. We will contact the winners when the competition ends.